Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Kenyan Business Podcast with me, Omar Bashir, and Ahmed Banafa. Ahmed, good evening to you. Good evening, Omar. How are you doing? How's everything going? I'm doing okay. A uh, bit of showers this evening in Nairobi. Uh, very nice. You know how much I love the rain. So it's uh, really nice for me here. Um, yeah. What's, what's new with you? Uh, not much. I'm looking forward to coming back to Nairobi pretty soon. Mm. So I think that's it. Yeah. I fin- I think you'd be very happy to hear this. I finally got a new laptop charger that Whoa. works. Finally. So, wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's been months. I know. I know. But uh, <laughs> it's finally working. I'm very excited. Every time my laptop charges, I'm, wow. I'm over the moon. Uh, that's that's really incredible really happy for you bro yeah yeah and and i made some fantastic biryani last sunday oh wow i've been eating ever since like i made a lot there's other food in the fridge but i don't want it i don't want it (laughs) i don't want it i get that reference i understood that reference (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, but yeah, really exciting. Looking it really is exciting there. times. It's really exciting times. Mm-hmm. Exciting times at Arsenal, really. Um, yeah. Two wins on the bounce since we last recorded. A fantastic win against uh, Aston Villa and just uh, yesterday, actually. A win against Leeds in the Carabao Cup to take us into the quarterfinals. Um, look, we'll get to Leeds in a bit. I want to talk about Aston Villa because that was the, the first game after our podcast, and I think the one with a lot of uh, talking points, um, uh, I think the two wins were very different in we, nature. Didn't we also play um, Crystal Palace? Or are we did we? That? Oh my goodness. Yeah, so we played did Crystal we? Palace. Oh yeah, we did. Oh, we well, it's three wins. Oh no, sorry, three <laughs> games. One draw, one... Two wins and a draw. Two wins and a draw, basically. Uh, you've just thrown me out of my whole thinking process. So, <laughs> really sorry. must we really talk about Crystal Palace? Okay, I no, think we no, should. I, I don't think. I think we should. Okay. Even if it's just for a few minutes, I think there was a lot of concern after the game. I think we won. We we drew the game two two. Uh, like I said, with mm-hmm. a, basically a last minute goal. Um, but a lot of people are not happy with the performance, the lethargy in terms of our attacking play. I mean, one thing that. I don't know if frustrated is the wrong word to use, but I was very perturbed by the general consensus of people that are not Arsenal people, shall we say, who are like, oh, Crystal Palace played so well, they played us off the park. I didn't feel as though it was like that. I just felt that mm. we played badly. And yeah. at no point in time did Crystal Palace threaten our goal. Their two goals came from two mistakes. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was a bad performance. Yeah, um, yeah I think, um, if I may, this uh, the Crystal Palace game was, uh, I think, part of the growing pains that we've been talking about that we should learn to expect by now because this is a new team that is coming together. It's a very young team. And... Mm. Uh, it was um, sort of the old mistakes, that, shall we say, that were coming back to haunt us. Um, 
Yeah, I think as well, uh, just to just to cut in, I think there were a lot of bad performances on the day as well. A lot of people were not yeah. in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the uh, we expected uh, Thomas Partey to perform very well. I think one mistake came from him and his midfield partner as well in Lokonga. I think when he came, Lokonga came in as a sub, if I remember. Yeah, second half. And he came in and he also made a mistake. And uh, it was a very quick uh, Crystal Palace, to be fair to them, punished those mistakes very um, effectively. And uh, that, that's all basically that I think they created. Uh, the, those are their two big chances. And uh, it epitomized maybe our poor performance on the day. And it's, as I mm. said, it's, I think this is part of the growing pains. You know, the, uh, the good thing is we managed to get that draw. Yes, yeah. it wasn't good enough, but it's, it's a good draw in the end. I mean, it's a long season. Anything can happen. It might look like a good point by March, April. So, I mean, we just have to wait and see. Um, after that, I think... Approaching the Aston Villa game, there's a lot of apprehension from the Arsenal fans. How would we respond? Aston Villa are a better team than Crystal Palace. And I mean, the game was as good, if not better than the Spurs game. I think we were absolutely terrific. The, the, everybody was onto it. We were full of energy, full of zip, onto the second balls, quick progression into the, the final third. I mean, Aston Villa could not live with us. For, I mean, the first half especially, but I mean, throughout the whole game, really. I mean, we, we just bossed them off the park and it was really enjoyable performance. Yeah, um, that, that was as good a half as we've seen from Arsenal. Uh, I think since uh, the Spurs game, I think this was uh, one of the better performances we've seen under Mikel. Um, talking about that first half, what, what a game, what a performance. It was totally dominating. You know, that's, I think, more like it. That's more of what uh, everyone wants to see. Mm-hmm. And it was good. At least we maintained it for the whole half. Uh, and uh, just from the halftime starts, I think at the end of the half, we had uh, 14 attempts to Aston Villa's none. Mm-hmm. Uh, so five shots on target to Aston Villa's none. Uh, seven times the amount of touches in the in their box as opposed to theirs, and we bossed the possession as well. So it was quite a dominating performance, mm. and you could tell. You, um, I think you just had to watch the game to to know. You you don't even need those stats that I've just uh, read out. You yeah, yeah. I've seen any part of the game, and you would be able to know. Arsenal were definitely on top. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, before we just get into the, the half, I'd, I'd like us to talk about team news. Um, there were a couple of changes. Um, like I said, came on. Uh, I'm trying to remember who was the other change. Um, I think Nuno came oh, in. Oh, yes. Starting, Nuno Tavares uh, came in for and, an injured uh, Tierney and uh, Lacazette came Lokonga. on for Odegaard. Uh, also started. Sorry? Lokonga also started. Lokonga started. Who for though? <laughs> um, I think previously it was uh, ah Pepe. Yes. All right. Okay. They came on for Pepe. Um, three changes basically. Um, change of formation as well. I think. Um, mm. In I mean we looked different. I think a lot of people were assuming that it was a four four two. 
let's just go with that, I think, because Lacazette and Aubameyang were very close together in the game. It was a two um, two play people in in the in the midfield zone in Thomas Partey and Makonga, and then we had uh, very good foils in Smith Rowe and Saka who could go both inwards and outwards. Um, Tomiyasu and uh, and Tavares were very good on the overlap and the underlap. So I mean, good. I think formation came out. I think we were all happy. I'd say with the with the with the with the team lineup, uh, which is has become sort yeah, of a let theme. Me, let me just say, mm. I think when I first read the team lineup, I was actually a bit uh, skeptical because mm. um, you know we, uh, I don't think Arteta has really managed to have uh, Lacazette and uh, Aubameyang in the same first eleven mm. quite as well. Mm. Yeah, so when I saw the first 11 that, that was released, you know, it's just the list that you see, you know, with no charts or anything yet. I was like, oh, uh, uh, Ateta again is pushing out Obama to, to the wide left position. This is another game. I, I'm not expecting much going into this. But then once we started, I think even during the warm-up, people had had been seeing the, the drills and everything, that it was a more of a 4-4-2. And then I think that was when it was like, okay, that's uh, quite interesting. That, that's something maybe that could work. And I think that, that was my reaction to the lineup when it came out. Mm, you mentioned uh, something interesting about the formation. I think as well, Aston Villa probably weren't expecting that sort of uh, lineup from us. I think um, it's also fair to point out that we've had problems with teams that play with three from the back. And uh, Aston Villa, I don't know how they've been playing the previous games, but they came into this game with a back three. Hopefully, we're trying to replicate the problems that we have been having. Yes, teams that play with three at the back. And we just went with a completely different formation, completely different setup on how we was to attack the ball, defend the ball, and it just caught Aston Villa off guard. I mean, just, I mean, to give uh, to give a point to Aston Villa on that, but I think as well, our application was was excellent. And it started right from the off, really. Um, couple of chances, Thomas Partey hit the post and he finally got his goal. Uh, a great finally. header. Um, the, the, the set piece routine, was something we had seen throughout the game, really. Uh, a, a great ball uh, into the near post and Thomas Partey to flick it on. It happened uh, on a couple of occasions. I think as well, Thomas Partey being in that mix for, for, the, for the set pieces, probably something that the new set piece coach has been working on in the weeks. Uh, yeah, uh, now that you've mentioned it, now that you've mentioned it, it's something interesting I've noticed. Um, our last three games, the Palace, uh, Aston Villa, and yesterday's game against uh, Leeds, we've all we've scored a set piece from each of them, a, a corner. We've scored from a corner in each of those last three games. So maybe the set piece coach is doing something right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the corners. Now. Yeah, they have been different. They've been a bit more threatening with them. I think we do have a bit of. I mean, Gabriel is a huge person. <laughs> let alone a, a huge player uh, we've got Ben White in there Thomas Partey 
you know, players who can in the mix bring a lot of trouble uh, in, in those sort of areas. So it's nice to see we, I mean, we've been talking about our attacking efficiency. I think adding set piece goals to that, I think helps us in achieving the sort of uh, goal target that we want for this season. So, I mean, more goals is always welcome. More goals is always welcome from the set piece. Uh, I was very pleased for, for Thomas Partey as well to get his first goal for Arsenal. No, I think it was a long time coming. We've had, we've we've been seeing him take his shots, and they've been getting close and closer. And uh, finally, uh, unexpectedly, we see him score from a header. <laughs> I think that was uh, uh, very nice for him. Yeah, very happy for him as well to get his first goal in front of the Arsenal crowd as well. So uh, mm. good on him. Yeah, and on to the second goal. I mean. I mean, the I was watching it on on Sky. I'm sorry, not Sky on uh, SuperSport, and the commentator I don't know who it was was like when we were doing the when he was doing the VR review, he was like, "That's not a penalty." I mean, he gets the ball, and you but look at it like goes he goes through the player to get the ball. <laughs> you know, it really. I, I remember sometimes. at the moment it was it was so frustrating, and I was like. Come on, man. He goes through the player to get the ball. Um, for me, it was a clear penalty. Um, just before the penalty was taken again, there was a bit of handbags from Lacazette and Martinez. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. No, I hadn't seen that. But I had seen, uh, I think, after the fact, when they were, it was just a shouting match, I think. Yeah, so I mean, Martinez was sort of confronted. I don't know how it happened because it happened all off screen. Then when when they came on the screen, they were just shouting at each other. Mm. Abamyang took it. To be fair, I actually thought he would score mm. from the penalty spot. Uh, in the end, it's a fantastic save from Martinez, actually. Yeah. And uh, again, Abamyang was alive to the situation. He was the first to react. Great finish off his weaker foot into the into the into the net, sort of actually similar to the goal that he scored uh, against Crystal Palace, if you think about it. Yeah. And uh, I think at that point, two 0 at halftime, we were well, well, well deserving of that lead. I feel Aston Villa really had Definitely no scored complaints more. about that. There, really. there was I mean, that uh, Saka chance that we. Uh, mm. the, 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 the yeah. I mean, great run from Tavares, great pass from Smith Rowe into into Tavares. Great ball in, actually. I thought I, I thought he would miss that that, that pass into Saka, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. he showed great composure, great ball into Saka. Saka should score, to be fair, he should score mm. that. Um, I mean, it's a good save from Martinez, but in that position, the attacker should be yeah. scoring them. Definitely, yeah. So we were well on top by the half, I think. Uh, so uh, all in all, a very good performance uh, in the half. I think uh, someone who impressed me quite a bit, Lacazette, having been out mm. for a while. He has, I think this was his first start in the yeah. Premier League. If I'm not wrong. Yeah. So it was uh, quite nice to see his performance. I think it lifted a lot of the players um, especially in the attacking bit. Um, mm. I was also impressed with uh, Smith Rowe, but that's a given. I think these days he's really 
um, since, since he got the number 10 jersey, I think he's showing that uh, he, he really wanted it and he's showing us why he wanted it. Yeah, He's really been putting in those uh, really good performances. And in the second half, just as soon as we started, I think a few minutes into the game, into the second half, there he goes, wins the ball back uh, from our own half and creates uh, an opportunity with Aubameyang. And uh, he gets a bit lucky with the deflection, but uh, mm. goes into the net. Yeah, I mean, great pass from Tavares into Aubameyang. In the build-up to that goal, I thought it was a fantastic pass. Mm. I mean, a lot of people have been berating, not berating, I think berating is a bit of a harsh word, but have been <laughs> pointing out that Tavares has a bit of a, a rawness to him. But I think in this game, he showed a, a bit of finesse about his game, which was uh, quite impressive. And the pass into Aubameyang is a great example. Great pass, fizzed into him at the right pace, right time, and Aubameyang just took the flick on. Smithrow did the rest, and 3-0 at that time, you're thinking, yeah, this is all top right, uh, wrapped up tied in a bow, and we just need to see out the game. Uh, Aston Villa got a goal back, though. Good goal, in fairness, from Ramsey, mm-hmm. but I don't think they threatened at any point at the game. I think the, the three points at that point was were ours at that time. Yeah, I don't think we were worried at any moment in time. Uh, their goal came uh, at, uh, I think, what was it? the 70th minute or something Mm. and I think at that point we were well on our way we were comfortable we were defending quite well Um, I think we we were on top basically is what what we are saying and uh, it was a good performance in the end Uh, the whole team performed uh, very admirably exactly the sort of response we wanted to see after that uh, Crystal Palace game yeah, good game, uh, good performance. Um, I'm just sorry, I was <laughs> going on a bit of a break there. I'm, I was just trying to look up the Premier League table. Oh, um, these are things that I should have done before. It's an interesting table. I think we are 10th still, but we are tied on points uh, with seventh and only one point behind fifth <laughs> and three points behind fourth so i mean yeah three points off the top four west ham in fourth uh after the fantastic win against uh uh Tottenham hotspot of course who get battered everywhere they go so um yeah i think We'll have a bit of discussion about uh, what our aspirations are for the rest of the season, but I think three points off the top four, uh, almost 10 games in, I think that's not a bad place to be, really, if I'm being honest. Um, I mean, uh, we with, with the Crystal Palace game, if we had gone that with a, great, a different approach, who knows how close it would have been to that top four, but that's all ifs and buts and maybes. Uh, we had another game, Uh, in the Carabao Cup. Different competition against Leeds. Won that 2-0 yesterday into the quarterfinals of the competition again for the second time in as many years. Um, Not as good as a performance as the Aston Villa one was, but I think it was to be expected with the amount of changes. I mean, players who haven't played for weeks, really, uh, coming into the game. 
um, and and did really well. I think to be fair, Leeds didn't make that many changes to the team, so it was more or less a Premier League team from Leeds, mm. uh, and we managed to beat them. I think uh, I was I was watching uh, Gunnar Blog's uh, video that he does normally after the game, and he was saying any if a 2-0 win over Leeds in any competition is a good result. If we win it, uh, against Leeds 2-0 in the Premier League, that's a fantastic result. So I think uh, it's a good point there as well. Um, I mean, first half was a bit iffy. It was more even. I think I saw the statistics. I was just looking at the statistics in the first half. I mean, we had 50% position each. I think we had almost uh, the same amount of shots. So it was an even game, but a bit scrappy, to be fair. I think second half, we turned this through a little bit. Not gone into gear four, gear five, but certainly gear three. I think we were a bit more in control. Um, the goals, the goals. Um, I'm trying to remember. First one from the super sub, was it? From <laughs> yeah, the 22 seconds. In 22 seconds, his first touch. <laughs> Uh, another set vibes. Yeah, but no versus, versus those lot. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, great set piece uh, routine. I mean, uh, great ball in. The header back in was a very good one. Uh, positioning from the lead keeper, maybe a bit suspect. I mean, if he's if he's on the line, he saves it. His positioning, yeah. I think, was was a bit poor in that, but. I mean, we'll take those. Uh, great header. And his celebration went straight to the set-piece coach as well. So maybe something in there, into that in terms of his movement. So, yeah, I mean, it was a good game, a good goal, sorry, uh, from, from, from Chambers. And 1-0 at that point, you're thinking, yeah, I think we can, we can win this game. Mm. And then 2-0, mistake from Cooper, uh, the Leeds captain. Uh, Ketia, great touch to take him over the keeper. But he almost misses with the shot. It just finally gets in and at 2-0. Yeah, he, he looked a bit relieved on that. Mm. He had taken the shot and it, it went in. He he visibly looked uh, relieved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, 2-0 at that time, you're thinking, yeah, I mean, this is good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think one thing that disappointed me about the game... Um, mm was the lack of taking of the chance from Pepe and Martinelli. I mean, this was a game, I mean, Saka and Smith Rowe, I mean, nobody's getting them out of the team at this moment, but with a good performance from those two, you know, you certainly would have put your your name in, in the manager's mind in case he wants to make a first substitution. I mean, if Martinelli, I mean, he tried, I mean, not for the lack of trying, but, you know, just it didn't click for them yesterday yeah. and I it, it, um, I don't want to say disappointed me but it saddened me more it, it made me sad more than disappointed really that they didn't take their opportunity just to give the manager a bit of thinking yeah. uh, about what he wants to do with the team uh, but yeah, really um, mm. about the uh, performance of uh, Pepe and Martinelli I think uh Martinelli especially worked really hard. Yeah. Um, he, he didn't have uh, many uh, touches in the opposition box uh, as uh, we would have liked him to have. And I think that 
that's partly due to the players behind him as well. I think El Neni is not party. El Neni is not Lokonga. Mm. Um, uh, Maitland Niles tried. I think Maitland Niles was the better of the midfield pairing on the night. Um, mm. He, uh, to me, he played really well. Um, yeah. But Pepe definitely, I think, uh, it's come to the point now where um, he should have taken leadership of the game, you know, uh, I think he's now a senior in this team. It's a very young team and he's one of the seniors now. He's been here, what, three? This is his third year. Um, yeah. So definitely his performance, uh, for me, it was a bit uh, wanting. He should have done a lot better with some of the balls that uh, went into him. Some of his touches are still... Um, Wanting and uh, it's clear uh, to everyone who watches Arsenal at this point that Saka is better on the on the right hand side. And yesterday was Pepe's chance to prove the doubt is wrong. Um, I don't think he took his chances. And as well, you know, this is a season where we do not have European football, so there are chances uh, to break into the team, such as yesterday, are very few and far between. So. Mm. Um, he really should have done better with, with the chance he got yesterday. I mean, one thing that fascinated me about Pepe, he, he beat his man on the halfway line. And as soon as he got into mm. the, the final third, I mean, he just lost all train of thought. I mean, there's one he beat Dallas expertly. And then as he got close to the box, he just fell down. He literally <laughs> just fell down. I, I remember that. <laughs> I mean, the enigma. That I mean, Pepe. that is Pepe's game, and basically Pepe has in 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 Arsenal. I mean, and the the weirdest thing as well. I mean, we're talking about how disappointed we are in Pepe. He gets the assist for Chambers' goal. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. The I mean, that is Pepe. That is Nicolas Pepe. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, um, the players I mean, that uh, let's talk about the players that actually played well. I, I, I was happy with Nketiah, I think he had a really, really good game. Um, still, I don't think he can make a claim for the first 11 yet. There's mm. a lot of big people in front of him, yeah. but uh, he did play well and uh, was happy for Maitland Niles as well. I think, given uh, the season he had last season and uh, maybe a bit of confusion towards the start of the season because of the transfer window. Mm. He's getting his chances and for me, he's uh, playing well when he's required. So Yeah, I, I think that's that's something very interesting as well. I mean, he's all of his, not all, but most of his appearances have been in midfield mm. and I don't think he's had a bad game really in midfield so far. I think he's been able Exactly. Uh, he's yeah. been purposeful in his passing, uh, quick on the tackle, resistant to the press. I mean, he's, he's, he's actually looked pretty good. Um, I don't know whether being him being a bit part player in midfield is going to be enough for him to stay at Arsenal. But at this point in time, he all the chances he's been, gi- he's been given, he's taking them. And I mean, January will be an interesting time for Midland-Niles. Whether he'll go, I don't know because uh, of the AFCON and all that, but certainly something to put our eyes on, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And uh, another player who uh, caught my eye as well was Holding. I think Holding mm. had a more than decent performance when he, when he was playing before he got subbed off. 
Um, he played on the left, which is a bit unusual for him. Uh, in oh, to be Mikel, fair, at least to be fair, he Anna okay, Anna Mikel, yeah, true, all right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and we did see, um, sort of a good partnership. I think he also tried doing the Ben White foray forward, uh, <laughs> trademarked by, by White, um, and uh, he made he put a smile on my face with his performance. Basically, his he passing was really good as well. Tackle. Yeah, his passing had really improved from when he, he last played. Um, yeah, he was a player who really uh, he, he made me happy yesterday. Mm. Yeah, and his hairline is making an incredible comeback. <laughs> I think there's gonna have we're gonna have an episode on the Amazon that's exclusively about. The, the emergence, the re-emergence, <laughs> like the phoenix from the ashes, mm. Rob Holding's hair. Yeah, that, that's actually, um, uh, how, how do you say this? Uh, sim symbolic to our season. <laughs> the resurgence in our season is directly proportional to uh, the resurgence of... Uh, <laughs> Holding his hair like <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is incredible. I mean, there you have it, guys. I don't even know. I don't even want to. I think we should end part one right there. <laughs> right there. I'm not even going to continue anymore, guys. Um, I think well, we'll stop right there for part one. We've got a couple of questions that we want to answer, and we'll get them into part two right after this. <laughs> Welcome back to part two of the. Welcome back to part two of this week's episode of the Kangaroos Podcast. You can follow us on our various social media sites on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Of course, give us a follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Right, Ahmed, we have got a couple of questions here. Funnily enough, most of them from uh, Instagram. So, I mean, hooray to our Instagram followers. We nice. really appreciate all your questions. Um, would you like to go first? Um, sure. Um, first question, uh, is Odegaard still trying to blend with the team? And uh, tactically, where do you see him best placed? Um, mm. th that's an interesting question. Um, do you, do you want to start us off? Uh, um. I think Odegaard's best position for me in, in any team, really, is the number 10, the, the position behind the striker. I think he, especially in this Arsenal team, because he offers, he's sort of like a connective tissue because we've got a lot of creative players as well out wide. I mean, Smithrow can play on the left, Sakan can play on both the right and the left. So he acts as a conduit to the striker in all ways towards uh, the wide uh, creators and the striker as well in front of him. Um, I think because of that, his ability to, to create or to connect play, Arteta in the last couple of games, I guess since uh, Shaka's injury, has opted to put him in the number eight position. Um, and in theory, it makes sense to have him there. But I think what we've seen, especially in the Brighton game, 
he doesn't have the natural positional play of a number eight. And I think sometimes he looks a bit lost. And basically, I think the Brighton game and the, the Crystal Palace game, he's sort of seem anonymous, really. Like, you're like, oh, wow, Odegaard is playing. You know, because I think his positional play is a bit off. It's not that of a, of a central midfielder. And I think um, he, he, hasn't, he doesn't seem to occupy those spaces well. But I think his best position is in behind the striker. What he needs to improve on is his goal tally in terms of goals and assists, goal contributions, should I say. Um, if he increases, increases them, I think uh, we will we'll see the better version of Odegaard. But for me, his best position is behind the striker. You can have him in the number eight in, in a couple of games, but I think uh, primarily you want to see him behind the striker, behind Aubameyang. What do you yeah, think? I think? I think I agree with you. Odegaard does uh, play better when he's uh, just behind the striker. I think as a number 10, we've seen him connect the uh, team um, in such a way where we are even more productive, I think, uh, than when he plays uh, a bit deeper. But uh, necessity has made him fall a bit back. Uh, I think Arteta tried using him as a number eight, you know, to retain his uh, creative, I mean, as a number eight, to uh, retain his creative uh, aspects in the game. But uh, it hasn't really worked out for him, as you've said, Omar, that uh, uh, positionally, maybe he doesn't um, know where best to play as uh, when he's played as a number eight. Um, So I think he's still trying to learn that role. He can play it, but I think I don't think that that's his best position. Uh, we've seen him play as well as he can play when he's at uh, the number ten role, uh, where he can occupy those half spaces. You know, get the team ticking, get the balls into Obameyang, uh, as we know he can do. Um, I think he creates more chances when he's in that position as well. Mm. And uh, just now, maybe as you've uh, rightly mentioned, he needs to add a bit more end product in his game, um, uh, his uh, assists and his goals. Uh, but there's room for improvement. I think uh, it's it's still a bit early. We can't uh, make any rash decisions with him. He's still a very, very good player. And uh, let's just be patient with him. He's, uh, he, he's a good lad. I like him. I mean, he's young as well. He's what, 22, 23? Yeah, I think 22. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty young. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to look forward for him in his career. And he's already had such a good base as well in terms of education. Um, yeah, I think uh, most good things should come from him in the future. So I wouldn't be concerned, really. With the lack of form, I think it's normal for a player of his age. It's just that uh, whether he can now pick it up and, and, and uh, make it good again, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Another question? Another question. Um, comes from Instagram as well. He says, 
which central which central midfield signing should we target in January? Because this is a position we lack in depth in with Partey going for Afghan in January, we definitely need one or two bodies in midfield. Mm. Any preference? I mean, at uh, this point, it's about preference because there's nothing in the media at this moment yeah, right, in time right. in terms of targets. So was there a kind of player that you would like or a preference in a particular player that you'd like? Um, it's interesting that he's added this uh, Afghan caveat because the player that I was looking at <laughs> was, uh, again, uh, I think we should maybe go back for him, is uh, Yves Bisuma. I, I think he still uh, covers the role. But uh, with the Afghan caveat, um, I'm not really sure. Mm. You know, I haven't, uh, to be honest, I haven't been really looking at uh, a lot of football um, at the moment. Um, so I'm not really sure where, what we would go for. Um, Do you agree, though, that we need to sign someone? Or are you of the opinion that uh, what we have can sustain us for? I mean, what is it? If it happens, and this is a big if, because I've seen in the news cycle that uh, it might not happen, Afghan. Mm-hmm. Um, if it happens, it's what, two, three games? which is nine points, which is big, but as well, I do think that we can manage with Lokonga and Shaka, I think, and Maitland-Niles showing that he can play a bit. Um, Maybe it's something that we can refocus and uh, go into a big money signing over the summer. Or if it is urgent, maybe we'll hear something in the news cycle coming up. But for now, I don't think it's that urgent. But I think one of the games is against Man City, so we're... Oof. <laughs> yeah. Well, even if we did have a full first eleven, what what could you possibly expect in that game? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> to to be very honest, <laughs> yeah. At the level we are right now. I really hate those games, though. I hate the games against yeah. um, Liverpool and Man City because you know you're not going to win the game. And then you just go in. As the game goes, <laughs> as the game approaches, you, you start to get a bit hope. And then, poop, in the third minute, you've considered a goal. Then, yeah, <laughs> there it is. I really, really, really hate these games. And I just. Yeah. Hope that we can get competitive against those teams sooner rather than later. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's so Liverpool there coming go. up. Yeah. Our I, next I, away game be... again after after uh, after Leicester is Leicester. Liverpool. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Just wow! I've have no other words to say. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool look like <laughs> they're. I have watched actually. I have watched a lot of their games this season. Why I don't know, but they've been really good. They really have been good. Um, They're a scary team right now. Yeah, yeah, very scary. Um, And people are saying, "Oh, they've reached the end of their cycle." Hmm. Not really. Little did they know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the thing with Afcon, it's. uh, it's all a big if right now. Uh, we've seen that there is possibility, a big possibility of postponement of uh, next editions uh, Afcon, or even cancellation possibly. 
uh, of the AFCON 22. Um, so that's interesting. It's one we look at uh, quite keenly because a majority, I mean, not a majority, but uh, a few big players in our team might miss. So uh, it's one we'll follow closely, definitely. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, any other question? Um, uh, not really. I don't think there's... I don't have any on my end. Do you have? Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a question basically asking what... What do you think went wrong in the Crystal Palace game that, I mean, the difference in the performance against Aston Villa and Crystal Palace, and that was just days, really, three, four days difference in terms of uh, preparation. Um, what was the biggest difference for you in the performance against Aston Villa versus the one against Crystal Palace? Um, I, I'm not sure I can tell you. Aside from the fact that uh, maybe um, Odegaard has been a bit off uh, and Lacazette maybe changed the uh, the side the, the mm. side's energy at least uh, maybe that's one thing and uh, with the Palace game I think a lot of people uh, seemed uh, lethargic. Uh, it's not just one player maybe that was off it was I think the whole team was mm. a bit off in that game as opposed to in the Villa game um, so maybe they had a bit of a talking to maybe they all uh, have seen some um, people saying that uh, they met after the game and they talked to each other and they all agreed that that wasn't good enough the, the way they played against Palace and that they were lucky to get away with it. Um, yeah, I think maybe that realization, hopefully um, it carries on to the next game because uh, Leicester suddenly have picked up form, of course, just before they play us. Um, yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> good that we have also been scoring a few goals as well and winning. Mm, I, I just want to pull up... Um... Our next fixtures. Just uh, yeah, this is great podcast preparation. These are things that I should have done before. <laughs> okay, so we've got Leicester away at Saturday early kickoff as well. Oof, I hate those. And then uh, Arsenal versus. And then we've got Watford the following Sunday, and then Liverpool. Uh, yeah, and then we've got Newcastle at home, and then we've got Manchester United at away at Old Trafford, and then oh, Everton okay. at two away games at uh, at Goodison. So, those are how many games? Wow. Six games, uh, 18 points. How many do you see that we're getting? We want to go, let's go game by game, Leicester. Let's go game by game. Um, they're on form. I think we are also relatively on form. I want to say uh, I'll be optimistic and say maybe we win that one. Mm. So I'd also sorry, I'll also go for a win on that. Mm. Uh, Watford home. It's uh, another win, hopefully. Win. All right. So same here. Three points. 
Okay. Liverpool. Uh -huh. <laughs> Shall we just be realistic or are we being optimistic? I think one of us needs to be optimistic. I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go for zero points. Hopefully not a drubbing. I mean, just a okay. clean two nil, one nil loss. I think we just we're, get on. We're playing out. at Anfield. Yes. <sighs> I, this I, I can't be optimistic about that. <laughs> I think I, I'll just accept that one is a given. No, Ramsdale is problematic, heroics. but eh, there's only so much you can do. You know, <laughs> they're a formidable side as it stands at the moment. Maybe, maybe um, it's what two two weeks away, a couple of weeks away. Yeah. So yeah, maybe by then they, they'll have uh, had something, you know, and maybe another bug also going around their team, just as it is ours. Not bloody likely. <laughs> right. Anyway, okay, Newcastle. So I can't be optimistic about that. And Newcastle has yeah. three points. That's wow, you're doing so well here. Yeah. Uh, Man United oh, away, Old nine. Trafford. We're at nine so far. What? We're at nine points each, right? Yes. So far. Okay. Uh, my new away. Uh, I want to say, given on uh, on current form, I would say I, I would like us to get a win there. As win. it stands, but it's all Trafford, so I'd I'd go with a draw. Ah, uh, I'd also go for a draw. <laughs> Everton. Okay. Uh, I'd take another win there. Mm, I'd go for a draw. Okay. Okay. So, so mine's the more optimistic one at 14. You're at 14 out of 18. I'm at 12 out of 18. Okay. I mean, that's not bad either way. To be fair, if, if we get 10 out of those... Because uh, it, we're actually facing a few problematic teams. Yeah. So even if we get 10 out of those, I think uh, that's that's not so bad. But 12, 14 is, is really, really good. So, yeah. Well, um, okay. I really hope looking we get... Looking forward to those games. Yeah, looking forward to those uh, games. I was saying, hmm. I, I think I might be missing the Leicester game. So hmm. you'll have to watch it for the both of us and update me. I will. I will have to suffer through that. <laughs> That's no problem. Um, all right. So I mean, um, yeah, unless there's anything else you want to discuss. Uh, yeah, I, um, I wanted to ask you about Lacazette. What, what mm. do we think of him? Uh, I know it's only been what he's changed the tone of two games only <laughs> as mm -hmm. it stands but you know uh, as football fans we are all very reactionary and um, he seems um, very uh, should I say committed um, mm -hmm. Arteta likes to use the word transmit <laughs> he yeah. transmits a lot of uh, energy into the team uh, as it is right now um, what do we think of him going uh, into the near future and the more maybe medium future? Well, like it's a difficult one for me because I think, like I said, it's a player that I really like. 
and I took to him as soon as he came into Arsenal all those years ago. But I think in terms of his future, I think that decision has already been made uh, unless something extraordinary happens because we've already committed to Martinelli. We've already committed to Balogun. So to commit to Lacazette would sort of counter that. I think the decision has already been made on Lacazette. Um, in terms of his future, I, I think he'll just see out the contract. He's probably thinking, look, I want to leave on a high, you know, leave the club in a good space. You know, you're hearing about how good he is with the youngsters, trying to, you know, leave as much uh, as much of an impact as possible he can with his time here. And, and fair play to him. I mean, he could have chosen the other route and said, look, I mean, there's no need for me to exert myself over here. I'll just, you know, play... At 50, I mean, I just play my part and, you know, and then, you know, take my my bags and leave. But he wants to have an impact on the team going forward, even if that future is not with him. I mean, that's that's fair play to him. But I think I think the, the writing's on the wall for Lacazette. I think um, he's, I mean, we've already tied our mast to Aubameyang. So I don't think we could have done that to Lacazette as well. And of course, having committed to Balogun and uh, Martinelli uh, in the previous summers, so yeah, I think it's 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 already done from that. I think, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's really good of him that uh, he's uh, chosen to do what he's doing right now. I think uh, as a as a leader to these young, very young players that we have in the team right now. Um, I think we have the youngest squad in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. Stands. And that, yeah. that is with the, the likes of Obama and Lacazette, Shaka and mm. Pate in the team. So uh, that, that's quite a big thing uh, of him to do. I think uh, if he does leave the way he's choosing to leave, I think he would be, re- he would be remembered very fondly. Uh, for his time at Arsenal, but yeah, I think it's time uh, that we part ways at the end of the season. Yeah, and uh, we obviously wish him all the best in his future endeavours. Right, I think we'll leave it there. I need to prepare this. I think we'll release this tomorrow morning, so I got a little bit of editing work that we need to do. As always, thank you to all the listeners for sending in your questions. Um, please share us to all your friends for listening to the podcast. Thank you as well to Ahmed for giving us your time to record this podcast. And I guess we will catch you after, which game is that? After the Watford game. So hopefully it will be a good podcast, a very good morning, evening, whatever. And I'll see you after that one, guys. Quahiri. Quahiri.